0: everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Nick's World of Sports. My name is Nick Sapola. Thank you again for tuning in. As always, we're going to just talk about a few things before we get into the main topic of today's episode. Um, I just want to say that I was very disappointed this morning with the outcome of the U.S. soccer team against Netherlands. I thought they had a shot. They just couldn't finish. It is what it is. It's still called soccer for all my people overseas that listen. cry about it. Um, We'll talk about my prediction for Thursday Night Football. Wow, that was terrible. I thought that was going to be a little bit of a closer game, but it's clear to me now what the problem is in New England, and it's Matt Patricia and Ian Judge, or whatever his name is, Call Joe Judge, excuse me, not Ian Judge. I don't know why I said Ian. Joe Judge call and plays. It's obvious to me that they are incompetent, just personally what I think. If the Patriots want to get serious, they got to find someone else to be the offensive play caller. Josh McDaniels was slightly better, but I just don't buy uh, Judge and Patricia as the future for play calling on offense. Both those guys were not very good as coaches away from New England, and they haven't been good since returning to New England. That's just my two cents. Anyways, there's a lot bigger topic we got to talk about today. It broke last night around this hour that I'm recording. I'm recording right now at 8:05 today on Saturday, December 3rd, the year of our Lord 2022, and it is the first day in the Post de Gram Mets world. Jacob de Gram is no longer a New York Met. Excuse me for a second. Uh, you might want to lower the volume for this. Steve Cohen. What? Happened. Uh, I thought you were going to spend whatever it took to win a World Series uh, and you just let the best pitcher in baseball walk the Texas Rangers threw a bag at Jacob DeGrom Jacob DeGrom, DeGrom was Jacob DeGon the second that contract was offered to him by the Rangers that is big big money it's five years, $185 million, with a 6th year option on it that can make the deal up to $222 million. He is under contract now until he's 40, a 34-year-old pitcher who has barely pitched in the last two years because any little thing just causes him to be out for six months. He's now done in Queens for good after making, I think it was six starts last year, or whatever it was, six wins he accounted for for the Mets. Won them their only playoff game, but he didn't pitch great in that playoff game, to be honest. He wasn't, like, a god-tier, unhittable pitcher in that game. He let up three runs. The Mets' offense just happened to show up in game two of that wild card series, allowing the ground to get the win in that game. That's no knock on him. When he's healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. The Mets made a big offer, though. And it's not like the Mets cheaped out and said, Oh, 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 whatever, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Per Joel, Joel Sherman, excuse me. Ugh. All over the place today. The Mets offered to DeGrom was three years, $120 million in that range, precisely. So that's nothing, like, absurd that the Mets... Like, that's not too far out of the price range, necessarily, what the Jets offered. That's what I'm saying. Now, we're going to go over to my cheat sheet that I made for all the free agent players. And I had Jacob DeGrom here ranked in my top 50 as number two on my list. We talked about him a couple episodes ago. And I had it predicted to be – I had him as a Brave early in the year for three years and 100.5, which was nowhere near what he was looking for. But I thought, you know what? No one's going to want to sign him to – my stupid-ass thought, no one's going to sign this man until he's 39 or 40 years old. He's going to enter free agency one more time probably as a member of the MLB. And that – you know what? Fuck it. I think three years is fair. He pitches well. He gets healthy again. He proves it. He goes back out on the market and gets a Verlander-type deal. Or a Scherzer-type deal. But you know who was wrong? Nick Sapola. Very rarely do I feel like I get this kind of stuff wrong. But, you know, Jacob deGrom is Jacob deGrom. He's arguably the greatest pitcher like by just pure stuff of all time. He throws 100, 100 to 102 miles an hour consistently as a starter that's unheard of he throws sliders at 95 miles an hour and if you can get him healthy for a full year that's awesome that's awesome i think the rangers might have overpaid slightly for 37 a year because the contract breakdown something's crazy i know it's not exactly 37 every single year it's like there's two years mixed in there at 40 per which is a lot of damn money and You know what, if you're Jacob deGrom, you definitely won that free agency thing because that was probably the best offer anyone was ever going to give you. And it's like, you know what, let me go get some bread. I need to catch up on some bread. Where's my guala at? Where's my guap? Because, you know, you saw Max Scherzer was paid massively and handsomely by the Mets this past year. And Scherzer, people are going to forget this too. Scherzer was hurt most of this year too. He spent significant time on the DL, or IL, excuse me, with an oblique injury, injured his oblique again towards the end of the year, pitched in the playoffs hurt. He's not going to admit that, and the Mets probably won't admit it at this point, but it's going to come out eventually that Scherzer pitched game one of that postseason series hurt. It was still a curious case to me why you have Max Scherzer go out game one and Jacob deGrom go out number two. Here's another theory for you Mets fans out there. Jacob deGrom probably should have started that first game. So, personally, again, he might be slighted a bit, DeGrom, or he feels slighted because the Mets went with Scherzer game one. DeGrom's supposed to be the best pitcher on the planet. Jacob DeGrom's supposed to be, you know, the Mets franchise face. He's the face of that franchise, arguably the face of that franchise. He wants to be treated like it. I think it was a bit of disrespect that he didn't go out there and start game one. I understood if it was a game three type situation and, you, and he pitched game 162 to try and clinch a playoff spot and they clinched the playoff spot. And then it's like, okay, fuck. Uh, we'll go Scherzer game one because Matt because DeGrom just pitched Bassett game two if we win, if we don't win DeGrom then game three. They kind of played it like that. But they didn't need to pitch DeGrom towards the end of the year. They could have saved him. Um, I just want to know personally from some other Met fans how they feel. I got a little bit of some reactions from some of my close Met friends. Um, my first one I'm going to talk about is my uh, cousin, really good friend of the podcast, big listener, day one, Adam D'Amato. He, he's been mentioned a bit recently on some podcasts. Uh, I just wanted to bring up his uh, reaction real quick. I shot him a text about it, and uh, basically his reaction was pretty funny. He said he wanted to go home to mommy and daddy, but I proved Adam wrong because Jacob DeGrom's from DeLand, Florida, and he went to Stetson University, ninth-round pick, shortstop. Stetson's also, this is a trivia question for you guys out there. You can DM it to me on Instagram or shoot me a text, you got my number, whatever. I bet you you guys won't know the answer to this. If you're going to listen to this, pause it after I ask this question. I'll pause for a few seconds, you get the answer. Good for you. Uh, I don't know, you get one of my mother's Christmas cookies. I got nothing. Um, Stetson University produced two two two-time Cy Young Award winners, and I believe it's the only school to do so. Who's the other pitcher besides the Grom that went to Stetson? I'll give it a couple seconds. Time's up. If you guessed Corey Kluber, good for you. Congratulations. Anyways, as I now just get back to where I was with the Grom, and I'm just going to stop trying to be all over the place right now. He seemed pretty upset, but he also realized that, you know, he chased the bag. And he'd rather go play down in Texas with somewhat of a worse team. But it's not necessarily a worse team. Texas has some good pieces there. They got Corey Seager, who is one of the better shortstops in all of baseball. We'll talk about Corey Seager in a second, too, because there's some interesting point I want to bring up about Corey Seager. They got Marcus Simeon coming off a down year. You have... Jonah Heim, one of the better defensive catchers in baseball, stealing strikes left and right. He was a poor man's Jose Trevino this year, and Jose Trevino was a poor man's Pud Rodriguez, without the Royds, of course. Um, we also had over there Adelis Garcia put up 100 RBI season, I believe. Also a Texas, that's very, very intriguing to me. Their top prospects, the majority of them are pitchers. Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, another former Met. By virtue or by technicality, I guess, even though he never signed with the Mets, Kumar Rocker still counts as a Mets legend in some regard or respect. But Degrom's not much of a leader either, so I don't get that part of the whole deal. Like, okay, you paid him a lot of money, but he's not like someone who's gonna be like, I guess, more of a CC Sabathia type. Where when CC signed that mega deal to be with the Yankees, he was seen as a clubhouse leader as someone who would lead a pitching staff the Yankees still use some traditions that CeCe brought over with him when he signed in 09 but it's like you know what Texas isn't the worst team in the world he could have signed with like if he signed with let's say DeGrom went and signed with some really mid even more mid team like let's say DeGrom goes and signs with no, you know the Twins that would have been a little more puzzling, but at least the twins have Byron Buxton. I still think the Rangers now are going to be a little bit more legit, especially as these younger kids come up in the years coming. Like, this might not be a move per se to put them in real World Series contention in 2023, but it's a move to put them in contention in like 2024, 2025, towards the end of DeGrom's career, where he's still efficient and still a great pitcher. Like Max Scherzer was when they won in 2019 with the Nationals. Like, I mean, you're telling me in a couple years this rotation could be Jacob deGrom, Kamar Rocker, who's probably one of the more polished prospects when he got drafted this year. And he was drafted a little higher than I thought he would be. And then Jack Leiter, another very polished guy, guy that was drafted by the Yankees as well. Like, You're talking about three studs at the beginning of a rotation. It's similar to a... I mean, as much as I think they're going to fall off next year, the Astros, with this rotation, they legitimately had three aces in it this year with Christian Javier, who threw the second playoff no-hitter ever, even though it was combined. So you lose a little bit of points with that one. Uh, Framber Valdez, who I'm going to start calling Fraud Valdez next year if he does it back up this year. And then you had Justin Verlander, who's on his way out. So I only brought up Adam's reaction first because it was kind of one of the more reasonable ones. First, he was like, oh, my God, fuck him. But you know what? He he got way too much money, they overpaid for him. He's only gonna pitch like half the games. All this other stuff. Uncle Steve better make some moves. Another reason I think that Grom went and I kind of explained it to Adam was that, you know. there's no luxury not luxury, there's no state income tax down in Texas. Pretty much whatever that contract says he makes is pretty much what he brings in. If he signed that kind of deal to stay in New York the taxes would have eaten it up. That's why like, someone like an Aaron Judge, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day how much guaranteed money he'll get to play in New York or California if he signs with either the Giants or the Yankees. Regardless, he's going to lose a lot of that money in state income tax and all the other BS taxes. I think he might lose slightly more in California because they tax a bit heavier over there, slightly. But in New York, you're not going to get taxed much more, or much less, I should say, than in California. It's still pretty bad. The taxation situation here kind of sucks. But again, who am I to talk about that? I don't really pay taxes right now because I still don't necessarily live anywhere besides what I pay for rent. I, get, I pay the stupid taxes on my freaking checks I get all the time. But that's about it. I don't necessarily pay an in, I don't pay property tax. I don't pay all those other taxes. You lose a lot of that money in taxes. And I think DeGrom's kind of avoiding it by going down to Texas. He wants to get the most of that money. Now, we had some other different reactions to this. Not as much, you know, happy or more like positive looking. I mean, the Mets now did shift their focus towards Verlander, which I I don't understand it then from Steve Cohen's aspect. And I made this point. I'll talk about that point in a second because I'm going to mention the next person I talked to. I'm going to leave him anonymous, and I'm just going to say his name as uh, Suni Bing. I guess for now, just to keep him as an alias, because I don't want to go out there and get in trouble with this and, you know, really rip apart and slander his character. But uh, Sunny Bing posted something on this app I'm on called Be Real about the Mets losing to Grom. And I jokingly replied to it, because, you know, me and him have been friends for years. I really thought it would be funny, but then I kind of got some hate from him. And then everyone was saying, that oh, Verlander and Rodon, Verlander and Rodon, Verlander 100% a Met. The one thing I didn't understand, though, I wrote this back to him because I was seeing all these comments. I'm getting all the alerts for it. I write back in the comments, you know, what makes you think that Steve Cohen is going to pay $40-plus plus million dollars per year for Justin Verlander, who's going to be 40 next year, coming off of a Tommy John? I know we had a great season, but, you know, Especially in a pitcher, you break down faster than you think, but you also could kind of linger out the decline slightly. There were moments this year where I was like, oh, my God, Verlander looks cooked. Like, a couple of starts, he looked really bad. But another starts, I'm like, damn, Justin Verlander looks like it's 2014. And he's still a great pitcher, don't get me wrong. But I'd be a little worried paying over 30-something million a year for him, like 33, I'd say, maybe set my benchmark at. Because I'd rather personally – I personally would rather pay a Rodon or – I don't know. If, if Verlander was Scherzer's age, I would have paid that deal. I would pay $40 million for Justin Verlander then. I'd pay the Scherzer contract. But I think I'm just worried about a guy Verlander's age getting three years. I mean, I, I get it. Tom Brady's 45 years old, still playing quarterback in the NFL, but he's looked like a shell of himself. Could Verlander look like a shell of himself really soon? possibly possibly he could and it very well could happen however I respond back to that comment that one kid made saying Verlander and Rodonston Mets I'm like why would Steve Cohen do that I know Steve Cohen has a lot of money and he spent it on some stupid shit like Marcana, but let's be real no pun intended I respond back to that I'm like let's be let's be logistic or you know let's think about the logistics here let's think you know logically Excuse me for not having that vocabulary word right away, up and, like, up and ready to go. I just don't see the Mets paying that kind of money for Verlander and being happy with it after a year. Like, yeah, you get Verlander and Scherzer, but I don't know. Even if my Yankees paid $40 million a year for Verlander, I'd be really skeptical. Or paid like 36 35 a year for Verlander, I'd be very skeptical. I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. It could work out, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyways. I then get berated with comments back after saying what make after I made that comment. Cause I mean, you gotta think again. If Cohen wasn't willing to pay anywhere near what a 34 going on 35 year old DeGrom's gonna be making now in Texas, why would he pay that for a forty year old coming off of two oh, coming off of a Tommy John? Although he did come off a World Series win. And he came off of a Cy Young season, who, which I still think was stolen from Dylan Cease. But again, Justin Verlander was really good. There's not much really I could say about it. I was berated with a bunch of personal comments afterwards. A lot of people attacking my character, my personality, talking about things about my personal life, bringing that onto the internet just because of a comment I made. SUNY Bing, this is going to be a personal attack on you. If you happen to listen to my podcast, this is a personal statement I'm going to make towards you right now. I'm going to leave you anonymous because... I'm going to keep calling you SUNY Bing right now because, again, I don't want to call you personally out here. and I don't want to defame your character. I don't want to get in trouble legally even if I come out and it comes out as slanderous or libelous. You are a fucking pussy, dude. You are a pussy. You're scared of me, and you are a keyboard warrior, and you've been like that for years. You and most of your boys have been like that for years. You know where I am at. You will never catch me lacking. I'm being honest, dude. If you want to have something to say about my personal life, you can come say it to my face. I'm only addressing this now because it came up again because I'm talking about the Gram. And I get it. Mets fans are upset they lost Frank the Grom. Frank Fleming was basically crying on Twitter saying the season's going to be over by Mother's Day. My own brother was freaking out about it, saying all this negative stuff about the Grom and saying that Steve Cohen is going to spend like $500 million this offseason, which it could happen. I'm not saying it's not. But Mets fans have become delusional, and anytime you mention something about logic, they go off, and they start attacking you about stupid shit. They're toxic. It's like sometimes what people say Yankees fans are, what Cowboys fans are, what Cleveland sports fans are, Steelers fans, Eagles fans. Look, man, I'm just doing a job. I'm just telling you basic logic. I mean, was it my business to do that? Not necessarily. I'm addressing this too again because it got brought to light by some other people off this podcast. And it's being brought to light again. Dude, if you have personal shit to mention to me, I'm just trying to talk sports. And I'm just doing a job as a sports personality and a sports journalist to tell you the truth, the facts. I'm always going to tell you the facts. You, you can run my fade, dog. I'll run a fade. You know where I am. Come and find me. My Instagram is open. My DMs are open. You know where to t- reach out to me. You're nothing but a trash-talking little fraud. And that's why you get no bitches. Back to DeGrom, though. What does this mean now for the rest of the baseball landscape with pitchers in free agency? Like I said, now it kind of sets the market for guys like Rodon. We thought some other stuff that happened recently, the Clevenger deal, I thought that would set the kind of line for some other guys like Bassett, Tyone. Maybe someone else, like a Taiwan Walker, that kind of sets their market at what they could probably get per year, as they're more of the, like, not the S tier, but like the A to B tier level of free agent pitchers this year. Like, guys like Tyone and Bassett are probably the best available outside of Rodon and Verlander. I think even on my list, I have them ranked behind. I have Bassett at 9 on my list. I have Jamison Tyone and Noah Syndergaard around a similar spot. In the 20s, it also sets the Syndergaard market. I also had Clevenger down at around 29, Shamanai at 31. It sets the market for the lower tier of pitcher that's available this year. And there's some good options available. Don't get me wrong. It's, a, it's not the greatest year but outside of a couple of generational guys like DeGrom, Verlander, Rodon. But there's some solid starters still available on the board. The Mets, however, have an issue now. You, you need a center fielder. You need a DH that can actually hit. No more platooning bullshit. I think Danny Cheeseburgers might be back. But you got to do something about Darren Ruff. And you got to find a defensive first baseman that maybe could take over for Danny Cheeseburgers. You need starting pitchers two, three, four, and 5 figured out in the next two weeks. Because right now their only starter that is under contract at this moment that we're speaking is Max Scherzer. Which, I mean, that's not a bad thing to have Max Scherzer under contract. If that's the only guy I got under contract right now, I'd be like, damn, at least we have a number one, a legit bona fide ace in New York. You got to worry now, you got to pay Brandon Nimmo now. You lost to Grom. You, that's all the money that's left right now. You got to make sure you secure Brandon Nimmo. If, or just go out and get a center fielder. We just had a big trade happen, too, with, uh, I believe it was Seattle traded away Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro for Colton Wong. That was something else that broke yesterday. That was supposed to be the big news. And that's a big thing that does alter some things in baseball. Maybe does that mean, you know, Adam Frazier is a little bit available, even though he's a second baseman, but he could play some outfield. Brian Reynolds just requested for a trade too. The Mets do have the prospects available to trade, and they can probably hold on to their top prospect, Alvarez, but it would cost them Brett Beatty and Ronnie Marusio and maybe even Mark Vientos or someone even better than Mark Vientos. Mets have a lot of guys that they could deal away, but they're prospect-hugging. And another thing for the Mets, they don't have a lot of pitching in their system that will translate to the big league level, at least in my opinion. And again, I'm not MLB Prospect Central. I'm not anyone big like that. I am Nick Cipolla, sports reporter, sports podcaster, sports journalist, and, uh, you know, average sports fan. I guess I'm more of an average Joe when it comes to this because I don't have an ESPN type of platform just yet. I just tell it how it is. And I think now that the market's kind of set for pitching, the Mets have some money to worry about. They have to worry about either Nimmo or trading now for a center fielder because it's been reported Nimmo and the Rockies are, you know, it's a likely place that he'll land. And they're a little, th- and the Mets might be a little threatened because the Rockies are just so weird. They'll throw money at stuff after trading away money or getting rid of guys. Like for example, Trevor Story, they got rid of him. They also traded away Nolan Arenado for reasons unknown, besides Arnato wanting a trade, even though he signed a big extension. You also have now that they went out and signed former MVP Chris Bryant, who had a rough year this year, who I think's due for a bounce back or could get traded to somewhere like a New York. Even the Mets might be in the market if they could give up some good prospects. Because I feel like the Mets are in a position to do it, except for Alvarez because you need a catcher next year. They're looking to shop McCann now, and it's rumored the Rangers want McCann. I'd say go for it, get a minor leaguer in return, and then go ahead and start Alvarez, make Alvarez the starting catcher. Although I don't think he's necessarily ready, Alvarez should break camp as a starter this year, not Tomas Nito. The Mets are going to need some pitching help, and I do predict that they're going to lose a couple more arms. I think they're not going to be able to pay back Bassett because I think Bassett might be priced out of their own liking again. I think a team like the Twins is going to go after Chris Bassett hard. I think I had him going to the Twins. I had him going to the Mets for three years, 52.5. I think the Twins might pay $60 million a year for a guy like Chris Bassett who's had some proven success, but he's also getting older. Taiwan Walker is another guy. I think the Mets are probably going to let him and Carrasco walk at this stage of the game because, you know, why? Mets fans have been frustrated with Cookie Carrasco as he only pitches good against bad teams, and against good teams, he looks like he's freaking Oliver Perez. The Taiwan Walker case, he started off hot as a Met, was an all-Star, had a sub-3 ERA. Mets fans were sticking their chests out. He's better than Garrett Cole. He's better than Garrett Cole. And then he finished the year with an above-four ERA. And then he had another year this year where it looked lackluster. He suffered with some injuries too, I believe. But there's a reason he was left off the Division Series roster. Well, not Division Series, the Wild Card Series roster for a while. And they put him on because of injury. I just don't understand it. I really don't get it. The Mets have a lot of worries, and they have a lot more worries than... A lot of teams now, now that they don't have DeGrom back, they don't have that one-two punch that's dubbed, quote, the greatest of all time, the greatest one-two starting duo in baseball history. They don't have that no more. They just have Max Scherzer, who's probably frustrated now because he always said he didn't want to play in New York. I don't want to play there no matter how much money you pay me. The Mets paid him a lot. He said, fuck it, I'll go there. He took a gamble knowing DeGrom could opt out and thinking, you know, I'll get to pitch with Jacob DeGrom and retire a Met and pitch with one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Well, newsflash, Max Scherzer's now the only real good pitcher left in New York. I feel bad for Max Scherzer. He could have went to the Bronx and pitched with the best pitcher in New York, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's now the best pitcher in New York. Bow down to your supreme leader. Some other moves, I kind of mentioned them recently. Um, the Rangers signed to Gram, obviously... The Brewers made a big trade to bring in Colton Wong, which means Adam Frazier is probably going to be available. The Mariners shipped off former Astro Abraham Toro, who was supposed to be the heir apparent to Correa, but now Jeremy Pena is Jesse Winker as well, who had a disappointing year for the Mariners, has been shipped off to the Brewers, who are looking for an outfielder after they shipped off Hunter Renfro for Jansen Junk. I like this trade for both teams. More so than Mariners, because Colton Wong's a very, very underrated and consistent player. His defense hasn't been great recently, and he's someone that's been known to have a good glove. But I think he'll turn around a bit in Seattle. That's a fun team to play for. Scott Service gets a lot out of his guys, and I think he'll have a nice year. Adam is now a bit expendable. I think that's the writing on the wall, that Adam Fraser is not going to be back in Seattle. That makes him available to a few teams. I think the Mets might be slightly intrigued to see if he plays center field. But I don't think Fraser's going to want to move off of second base. Chris Martin, the next guy I'm going to move on to, Chris Martin signs with the Red Sox. He's going to be 37, but had a really nice year when he got traded to the Dodgers. I could see Martin being an impactful guy for the Red Sox. However, the Red Sox aren't going places this year. They're going to lose out on Xander. They're going to have Rafi Devers who might be trade bait. They're not getting JD back. They might get Valdi back. And Chris Sale, if he can't stay healthy, this team is even worse. And Chris Sale is a great pitcher, one of the best in our game when healthy. I just don't see a future right now for Boston. I just don't see it in this division that is loaded with the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the fourth team that I'm going to talk about right now that we're going to segue right into is the Orioles, who just signed a uh, Kyle Gibson from the Phillies. They poached him, got him for one year on a rental-type deal. I really like that move because you're going to need some pitching. You're going to need some pitching in Baltimore, and they want to get pitching because they have a very talented young hitting core, And they have Gunnar Henderson on the way, too, who's one of their top prospects. Oh, no, Gunnar Henderson's here or is about to be here, excuse me, I always mix them up. They have a pitching prospect that's really good. Might have been who I said. But they have a great – oh, Grayson Rodriguez, excuse me. They have Grayson Rodriguez on the way. Gunnar Henderson's up now. You have Adley Rutschman. Ramon Urias was a good player this year. Anthony Santander, if he's brought back, he's a great player. They could bring back Trey Mancini maybe. Ryan Mountcastle's got a lot of pop. This team's going to be very good for years to come in baltimore i think baltimore is a playoff team next year i think i was saying this earlier too that you know it's going to be th- four teams out of the al east this year in the wild card maybe three at minimum there's gonna be three teams that make it out of the al east into the playoffs speaking of the al east another guy the rays give out their highest guaranteed money on a contract ever zach Eflin comes in on a three-year 40 million dollar deal It's the largest free agent signing by the Rays since Wilson Alvarez got $35 million for the entirety of his contract back in 1997. He has a 4.49 career ERA. His first two years were very poor with a 5.85 career ERA, but he's probably going to slide in very nicely to that rotation with Shane McClanahan, Tyler Glasnow, who's now back from Tommy John, Drew Rasmussen, who nearly threw a perfect game this year, and Jeffrey Springs, who had a nice year. It might look like a solid rotation down there for Tampa. I just don't get Tampa's – I don't understand it. First off, Jose Alvarez – or the guy I named – was that Alvarez I said? Wilson Alvarez. If you knew that one, I'll buy you a beer. Respectfully, I will buy you a beer. I don't think anyone would have guessed that one. I I would have guessed Evan Longoria was the highest guaranteed contract ever given out by the Tampa Bay Rays, or David Price even. But it's not. I genuinely believe that the Rays are just trying to build a super team of pitchers. Like, they offered, last year I know, a big amount of money to Freddie Freeman to pay him, but he obviously wasn't going to play in Tampa. Now I think the Rays are just trying to build like a super team of pitching and they're never going to care about offense. I think they just said, fuck offense, we're going pitching. Like, are you kidding? Like, where? you're going to need some offensive help for these guys. You can't score one or two runs a game and just expect to win. That's just not how you play baseball. I'm sorry to break that to you, Tampa fans. I just, I don't know, I'm frustrated with the Rays sometimes because if they weren't on a shoestring budget, maybe they would be a World Series team by now. Because they sure have the pitching to be a World Series team. Give them, I don't know, the Phillies offense. That's one of the best teams ever put together. Just what I think. Again, I'm just some dude in Studio 38. I think that's all, really, for free agency? That's not much else to talk about. Because it was Eflin, Martin, Colton Wong trade to Grom, and Kyle Gibson signing. There hasn't been much news today this about the offseason I really wanted to hop on here and say Jacob DeGrom is Jacob DeGon. There are still some concerns going on. A new report just came out that Aaron Judge's deal is now going to be probably nine years long. And it's really just down to the Giants and the Yankees. I do believe that the Yankees will fight tooth and nail to keep Aaron Judge in New York. They will offer him how much money he wants, however much money he wants per year. The offer was already out there for $300 million for, I think it was seven or eight years and it was going to be the highest guaranteed position player contract ever, which will probably be broken again at some point. Like, Stanton's was broken, Harper's was broken, and Trout's is about to be broken. I do think if it comes down to a year's thing, the Yankees might do it, but they'll be very skeptical about doing it because they've gotten bitten. The whole thing that's with them, they've been scarred by the A-Rod deal badly. I have a message to Cashman and – Hal Steinbrenner right now he's not A-Rod don't be afraid to pay him Aaron Judge is not going to go out there and he's not going to get accused of PED usage Aaron Judge is not going to get caught using PEDs twice he's not going to be a media head case he's closer to Jeter than any other Yankee in recent memory he's literally Derek Jeter but 6'7 and a power hitter you heard those knuckles crack Hal and cash you cheap out on years i will find you and i'll be the last thing you see i guess more hot stove news uh i mentioned it earlier a bit but the mets seem to have verlander as their front and center guy i do think verlander would slot in well with the mets and i think him and scherzer would be awesome to see them reunite towards the end two old guys chasing that ring they never got together now with world series rings Playing for a poverty franchise in Queens, trying to give them their ring. It it has Hollywood script written all over it. I just don't think the money you'll pay for Orlando will be worth it at the end of the day. Rodon is most likely a Yankee. I've been saying that since maybe the trade deadline. That once he hits free agency, Rodon is a Yankee. He's emerged as one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I'll say this right now: a rotation of Cole, Rodon, Severino. Cortez, and Montas. That's one of the best rotations in baseball. That will be the best rotation in baseball because you have four Cy Young caliber pitchers in there and Frankie Montas who has awesome stuff and if he can figure it out and stay healthy, he's an awesome pitcher and he's going to be a good one-year guy for the Yankees. And the investment will pay off after they dealt off Kenny I just That's my personal opinion with this. I could also see a team like the Giants, if they get judged, they're going to turn around and immediately sign Rodon again, pay him break the bank because they have a lot of money to spend. And this is a team that really hasn't had a lot of success besides that one year in 2021 where they won 107 games. They kind of fell back to the mean, winning 89 or 88 games this year, whatever it was. Not a great team this year. Actually, no, it was less. It was 80. They were 81 and 81. I don't know. I just don't like the moves by some of these mid-market teams just pay- overpaying. I don't think the Giants would make logical sense for Judge. They released a preliminary lineup with the, uh, the Giants. They have some pieces, don't get me wrong, but like, it's really Aaron Judge and Jack Peterson in that batting order. Aaron Judge doesn't want to go play somewhere where he's not going to win. The money might be great, but that's another thing that's going to come into discussion. Like Some of these free agents, Like look at a guy like Trey Turner. That's why the Dodgers are still in talks with him, because he knows fuck i could win with the dodgers he could win with the phillies too that's why he's also talking to them dansby swanson might leave the uh what is it the braves i was thinking a i was about to say athletics but it's the braves he might leave them because yeah he wants to get paid but it's different though the braves have a back another shortstop they could use he might go to the cubs dansby or xander might go to the cubs another new thing that came out actually teams are asking xander bogart to switch position positions I think that's asinine to ask Xander Bogart to switch positions. He just led all shortstops in wins above replacement this year. More than Lindor, more than Correa, more than Jeremy Pena, more than Trey Turner, who I think is the best shortstop available this year and arguably the best in the game. More wins above replacement than anyone that played the shortstop position last year. I don't understand why teams are going to ask Xander Bogart to switch positions. That's like asking, I guess, what's a good example? Asking Anthony Rizzo to play left field. Anthony Rizzo is one of the best first basemen in the game defensively. And you're going to ask him to go play left field because you have Josh Bell or something. That'd be silly. Or, like, asking, let's say, Josh Donaldson's 37-year-old ass to go play second base. Or Gleyber Torres to play shortstop. I'm just using it for Yankees fans, like Mets fans. It's like asking Pete Alonzo to play third. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I just hate when teams ask certain guys who are studs at that position to switch. It's different asking Fernando Tatis to go play center field because he's not a great shortstop defensively. Or like going to ask Mookie Betts to play second base because he's capable of playing second base. He broke into the league as a second baseman. Although he is a premier right fielder in baseball. I do think we're going to see a lot of big signings before the winter meetings now as that the Grom Domino just fell. I think we might see a judge deal in the next two to three days. I'm being dead dead ass. I think after this weekend of football, we'll see the Odell deal be announced, and then the judge deal will be right after the Odell deal. Either It'll be within 24 hours of the Odell deal. I'm calling it right now. I think then after the judge domino falls, we're going to see everything come to play. I think then after that, it's going to be Contreras, Verlander, um, I think we'll see Rodon probably. If the Yankees get Aaron Judge, I think Rodon is a Yankee. Verlander probably won't be a Yankee then, and I'm fine with that. I'd like to see Verlander in pinstripes, though. I think then we'll see some other stuff like an Adam Wainwright announcement. It's going to be exciting. The stove's hot. The stove is hot. I got nothing else to say, really, about baseball. I'm very excited. I know I kind of just rambled a bit because my mind's a little fried after last night doing all the prep for this then i had to go to work i had a job interview yesterday a lot of stuff personally that you know excites me and i'm very excited and now we got football tomorrow i'm really excited for football tomorrow I'm about to set some big time wagers and i'm about to <sighs> hope i break the bank this weekend or bring in some bank I had a special guest planned for today, but unfortunately, it fell through on my end. I told him next week. I think in a week or two from now, we're going to have a lot of guests on the pod. A lot of guests on the pod. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I think finally, because I've mentioned this in earlier episodes, if you've been listening from day one, I've mentioned Sepola Uncensored for a while, which is my talk show where I'm just going to do more of a sit down with some, you know, some reputable people, some cool people, have them in on the show. Kind of talk life, have a little bit of banter. Kind of something like a uh, a bar stool pod that you would maybe listen to. But it's unfortunate I haven't gotten around to it because a couple of guests I had kind of flaked. Because you know, it's either they're still finishing some stuff up this fall, or they had other commitments they committed to after, and they realized they committed too early. I think Sepul uncensored is going to make a really really good podcast to be humorous to be funny it's a little different for all my people that don't like listening to sports and listen to me talk sports because you think I'm a dumbass although I think I'm one of the most unbiased minds or not unbiased necessarily but legitimate logical minds in sports I don't push an agenda like you see me here I'm sitting here I could say you know what it makes sense for the Yankees not to resign judge in some aspect or you know what if judge signed with the Giants is for money that's fine or something like that. I'm, I'm going to be mad at my Yankees guys, of course. And I've talked shit about my Yankees guys here. I haven't mentioned the, uh, the three-sin name. The, uh, the name that is full of three sins in that name. I haven't mentioned the other two dumbasses. But I'm not going to sit here and push an agenda and tell you they're good. I'm not going to sit here and push an agenda and tell you the Yankees are perfect. I'm not going to push any agendas here. Knicks World of Sports is unfiltered, real, unscripted sports. So I'm going to talk real quick. I'll give you some uh, rundowns for today. Or tomorrow, I should say, for football. i run on ESPN real quick. I know we talked football a lot. I'm just going to go for some more clarity here. I think after this week in the NFL, we'll have a very clear picture of the playoffs. My game of the week is chiefs Bengals and Dolphins-Niners. Those are my two games of the week. I think the Bengals get Jamar back. It's going to be a big jump for them. Take Bengals' money line. Kansas City's two-point favorites. I like the Bengals in this one, and I like the Bengals definitely covering that two-and-a-half spread. Mixon's back in the lineup, too. I think Jamar and Mixon score touchdowns each. Joe Burrow has a nice day. Patty Mahomes will have a good day as as well, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to hold the Bengals' offense most of this game. I think it's going to be a 35-30 victory for Cincinnati. Next game I got on the docket is the Dolphins and Niners. McCaffrey's been questionable all week. They're going to be without Elijah Mitchell, the Niners. Debo Samuel's kind of regressed. But we're going to have Jimmy G versus Tua Tugavailoa, two very solid quarterbacks, and I think Tua could be league MVP if he wins this game. The Dolphins are given 35% chance of victory out in Levi Stadium. The spread is San Francisco 45 Again, I'm not much on betting underdogs all the time. But if you think I'm not taking the Dolphins in this, you're crazy. I got the Miami Dolphins money line. I have the Dolphins winning this game in close fashion. Again, I'm thinking 28-25. Miami wins this game. Tuatanga Vailoa has a two touchdown passing game. He even rushes for one. Jeff Wilson, if he's playing, he'll score a rushing touchdown. I think Jimmy G's gonna have a solid game, but he's gonna throw an interception to lose all hope in this one. I like the Dolphins here. I know it's a little short compared to the last couple episodes. There's not much to talk about. I got some of my biases out on this episode and the last episode. I got some of my personal stuff off my chest that I needed to get off my chest. Again, DMs are open for anyone and everyone. My Instagram, Twitter, feel free to shoot me a tweet, shoot me a text, whatever you got to do. You might be featured here if you mention something interesting to me. I'm really, really happy with some of the viewer out like the viewership recently or the viewer outcome or output, the responses I've gotten from it. I've all been positive and been very good. I don't know if you guys are being nice to me or if you guys actually like what I'm doing and you like how I organize this. I greatly appreciate it. I'm ready for some football tomorrow. I don't know about you guys. Baseball will probably be talked about again some point during the week. Maybe Monday or Tuesday we'll get another baseball episode in. Football I'll put off for a while because, you know, it's football next time some big baseball news comes out probably then and i think that's gonna be sooner rather than later watch i'll hop off this pod and they'll announce justin verlander or they'll announce trey turner and that'll be absurd but i really believe that there's gonna be some more baseball news before the end of this football week i did mention judge probably signing after odell i think once the odell deal comes out we'll talk about that too i think the next pod though is probably gonna be football oriented I got to think about the next formatting, too, of some other episodes. I'm thinking about doing an episode where it's kind of fun. We do a little bit of, you know, sports trivia. Some, uh, I might get back to my Hall of Fame episode that I never finished. Or maybe restart that whole concept. We'll talk more about stuff. Reminder, website is going to be up January 1st. January 1st, the Knicks World of Sports website will launch. They will have articles probably weekly i'm i'm gonna hope now that i have more free time fingers crossed weekly sports articles or sports lists whatever you need whatever you want to see i think we'll also be doing youtube live streams probably after the holiday probably around january 1st as well we'll be live streaming some of these pods and i think that's gonna be great better for me too because it's a little less cheating for me if i screw up in the intro and i stutter a bit i gotta live with it i think that's just more fairness to keep me honest and doing it live will be great because then I can probably interact with some viewers more. Have a VOD on YouTube if you want to watch me in the studio because I know some of the screaming and the freaking out and some of the talking, you don't get to see it. It also means I got to start dressing a little nicer to the studio because sometimes I just show up here in sweats, a sweatshirt, and a pair of Tim's. I'm to start dressing a little more professional. And again, I'm going to be working in front of the camera in news. I got to dress more professional. Anyways, I want to thank everyone again that's been tuning in. It means the world to me that I can have my own podcast out there. I can put out my own work, something I'm happy with. I'm not tied to any strings. I'm not forced to do this. I'm not you know, put on a spot by anyone. I don't have to reach certain deadlines. It's just all on me, and I really like that, and I'm very happy with it. My Mets fans, hang in there. Help's on the way. My Yankees fans... Stand by and stand down. All my other sports fans, Angels fans, I think you might be very happy with some of the next announcements. Um, Orioles fans, it's go time, I guess. If you're a fan of a team in the Central of any division, I'm sorry. These podcasts aren't very fun for you. Um, we'll find something to talk about at some point. Maybe one of your football teams will do well. The Knicks suck. That's all I'm going to say here. That's all the time we have. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you sometime next week with another episode until then i will see you later peace out everyone